The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The January 24th edition is brought to you by Orcas Center. I'm Caleb Summers. Headlines from the week of January 24th, 2024. Spring Street students finish strong in Rose Bowl Regatta. Mayor Ray Jackson announces county council candidacy. Friday Harbor residents to start backgammon club after attending tournament in New Jersey. Alaskan Chinook in peril, a plea for protection under Endangered Species Act. Plus, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. First, from the Islands Sounder, Spring Street students finish strong in Rose Bowl Regatta. By Julia Sows, Orcas Sailing Coach. Waking in the dark on a winter morning when it's raining sideways isn't an uncommon experience for year-round residents of the Pacific Northwest, but it's made significantly better when you know you'll be sitting under palm trees later that day. The Pacific Northwest is a three-season venue when it comes to sailing, so when things slow down here, our local youth sailors head south to compete against the year-round programs. This year, five sailors from Spring Street International School went to represent the San Juans at the Pacific Coast Interscholastic Sailing Association's premier winter regatta, Rose Bowl, in Long Beach, California. The group included three sailors from Orcas, one from Lopez, one from San Juan, and one coach from each program. Taking the kids to events like this allows them to test their skills against one of the best districts in the country and see what sailing at the next level of performance looks like. The five sailors did exceptionally well, with Emmett Biednall and Oliver Oswald representing the team in the A rotation, and Elsa Ranker, Soren O'Connell, and Matilda Twig representing the team in their B rotation. Out of a 36-boat fleet, the top finishes were a fifth from Elsa Ranker and Matilda Twig, and eighth from Soren O'Connell and Matilda Twig. Taking sailors to events like this not only helps them grow competitively and learn new skills to bring into their spring season, but it also helps promote sailing as a high school sport for teens in the islands. For a typically WIAA sport in the islands, unless a team is going to a state championship, the travel is often to places like Laconer, Friday Harbor, or Concrete. So to compete in Los Angeles or San Diego can be a huge draw for why kids might join the sport. After their practice on Friday, the sailors had an opportunity to debrief the venue with local, to Long Beach, sailing legend Howie Hamlin. He had lots of great advice for the kids. His emphasis on sailing as a sport that would be with them forever, take them to new places, and introduce them to great people was especially fitting for a group that seemed to enjoy the camaraderie of their team as much as the excitement of exploring a new place. The 2024 spring sailing season is still a few months away, but it's already looking promising for the island programs. The North District will kick off the season on March 2nd and 3rd with a fleet race in West Sound, hosted by Sail Orcas. 
From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, Mayor Ray Jackson announces county council candidacy. Town of Friday Harbor Mayor Ray Jackson announced Tuesday, January 16th, on CNL2, community television and radio, that he will be running for county council position one. As most people know, I've been the mayor for the past two years, and I really appreciate it. I enjoyed being the mayor, Jackson said, adding he has loved having the ability to reach out to the public, talk to people and listen to their problems, and to hopefully find solutions. I just turned 58, and you know, I've given a lot of thought to being a mayor. Although he has loved being mayor, he continued, it can be limiting regarding the larger impact on the San Juan community in general. I feel now it's time for me to move a little bit further up to make more of a difference and a change. And because of that, today, I'm going to formally announce and I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and go for the county council seat here in San Juan Island. The position is currently held by Christine Minnie. Minnie has not yet officially announced whether she will be rerunning. Candidate filing week is May 6th to 9th, and the election occurs November 5th. To view the entire interview or learn more about CNL2, visit cnl2.com. Friday Harbor residents to start backgammon club after attending tournament in New Jersey by Isabel Ashley. Playing the same opponent over and over again can leave little room for variation and growth. Friday Harbor residents Matt Marinkovich and his daughter Lucy wanted to break from this predictability as they continued to go head-to-head -head with each other in the game of backgammon. We would play each other and our games would be the same. We would have identical backgammon boards, said Matt. It's like we're playing against ourselves. He suggested he and Lucy find a backgammon tournament where they would have the opportunity to play against other people. After doing some research, it turned out that the nearest tournament was the New York Metropolitan Open in New Jersey. So the two islanders traveled all the way to the East Coast to attend the tournament on January 4th to 6th. According to Lucy, around 300 participants were registered for the tournament, and they were amongst those who traveled the furthest, along with one attendee from Vancouver, B.C. Unsure of which division they belonged to, they decided to register for the Advanced Beginners Tournament. We were also thinking maybe we could be in the Intermediate Tournament, except the problem is we've never played in a tournament and they have different goals, said Matt. As a child, Matt learned to play backgammon from his brother and went on to teach his oldest daughter, Sophie, when she was in junior high, making it an easy and enjoyable way to spend time with each other during her teenage years. Around the same time, Lucy started to learn the game at eight years old, graduating first from checkers. We never did much chess. I think I don't have the patience for it, said Matt. A game of backgammon takes anywhere from ten minutes, if it's a quick, easy race, but you can get into some crazy forty-minute games, but most games are twenty-five minutes long. In the two-player game, each player has fifteen pieces that move along twenty-four points on the backgammon board according to the roll of two die. 
The objective of the game is to move the 15 pieces around the board and be first to remove them from the board. It's a fun game because it does require skill and you can learn it, but also there's a lot of luck, which makes every game more fun, said Lucy. For Lucy, her skills, and of course a bit of luck, served her well during the advanced beginner tournament. Each tournament had a main bracket, and after losing a match, competitors could play in a consolation bracket, followed by a last chance bracket once eliminated from the consolation round. Lucy was the runner-up for the consolation round in her division, walking away with $360 from her game earnings and a trophy. Beyond the game profits and title, Matt and Lucy returned to Friday Harbor having gained new skills and a renewed passion from their big league experience. There's a bunch of different elements involved in a tournament game, and it turns out that was kind of our weakest point, said Matt. I would say that we learned twice as much about playing backgammon, but it seems like Lucy learned five times as much. Whatever she learned stuck to her young little brain better than mine. Or maybe she's just a better player, Matt said. The duo already plans to attend the tournament again next year, and have decided to create a backgammon club in Friday Harbor to get others involved in the fun pastime. The first meeting is on January 24th at 7 p.m. at the American Legion and will continue to meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m., except the second Wednesday of the month. Backgammon is just a fun game, and if you want to come to our little gaming meetup, any skill level is fine, said Matt. You don't have to be a pro. But if you are a pro, please come and give us some pointers. From the Islands Weekly Alaskan Chinook in Peril A Plea for Protection Under Endangered Species Act Wild Fish Conservancy filed a petition calling for federal protection of Alaskan Chinook, also known as King Salmon. Under the U.S. Endangered Species Act, this emergency action is being taken in response to the severe decline and poor condition of wild Chinook populations throughout the state of Alaska. The proposed safeguards would increase protection for imperiled Chinook populations from the Canadian border north to the Aleutian Islands, including watersheds of southeast, Cook Inlet, and south-central Alaska. For decades, scientists have been sounding the alarm that Alaska's Chinook are in dire trouble, says Emma Helverson, executive director of the Wild Fish Conservancy. Despite existing management plans and years of efforts by the state of Alaska, Chinook salmon continue to decline in abundance, size, diversity, and special structure throughout the state. Through this action, we are asking the federal government to undertake a formal status review and implement protections warranted under the Endangered Species Act, including designing critical habitat protections to ensure the survival of these iconic fish. Data from the state of Alaska shows the majority of Chinook populations throughout the state have experienced significant decline. Over the last decade, many populations have been recognized by Alaska as stocks of conservation concern, arising from the chronic failure to maintain minimum population goals despite regulatory actions. 
Recent declines have been so severe that both tribal and non-tribal subsistence Chinook fisheries have been closed in many parts of Alaska. Most people are unaware that there are Chinook populations in Alaska in far worse condition than Chinook in other parts of the Pacific Northwest that already receive protection under the Endangered Species Act due to their severe condition, says Conrad Goel, a biologist with Wild Fish Conservancy and co-author of the petition. Ironically, certifiers and the seafood industry are leading concerned consumers to believe Chinook from Alaska are sustainable, when in fact they are disappearing before our very eyes. No one wants to be eating the last wild Chinook from any river. Persistent threats to Alaskan Chinook include mixed-stock commercial and sport fishing, which cannot avoid killing at-risk populations or immature salmon, bycatch in industrial trawl fisheries, habitat threats from climate change and extractive industries such as logging and mining, as well as competition from hatchery fish in both marine and freshwater environments. These threats come from both sources within Alaska and beyond. Founded in 1989, Wild Fish Conservancy is a nonprofit conservation organization working from California to Alaska to preserve, protect, and restore the Pacific Northwest's wild fish and their ecosystems through science, education, and advocacy. The positive news is that many of the challenges facing wild Chinook have known solutions that could be incorporated into a recovery plan, says Goel. For example, Wild Fish Conservancy has been advocating for expanding marine protection along the migratory corridor and the nursery-rearing environment salmon need in the ocean, habitat restoration and protection efforts that allow fish to adapt to a changing climate, and a shift away from mixed-stock ocean fisheries to fisheries in or near rivers where salmon return. This transition is needed to protect at-risk salmon populations and ensure enough fish return to their spawning grounds. I strongly encourage the public to read the entirety of the petition. The data collected by the state of Alaska on the status of Chinook populations speaks strongly, says Helverson. Specifics on the data submitted, frequently asked questions, and the full petition are available on Wild Fish Conservancy's website. Information on the federal listing process under the Endangered Species Act is available on NOAA Fisheries website, wildfishconservancy.org. And now, choice excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On January 10th, a San Juan deputy responded to a report of a stranger opening someone else's front door and breaking things in the road. The caller did not wish to pursue criminal charges. The deputy picked up the garbage and gave the person involved a ride home. On San Juan, a deputy took a report of a possible missing person since they had not spoken to their fiancé for a day and a half. The deputy could not reach the individual by telephone or at their house late at night, and other deputies were notified to contact the individual during daylight hours. Sounds like a pretty close relationship. On January 11th, a Lopez deputy responded to a report of a residential burglary. 
Once on the scene, the deputy observed that a door that had previously been held shut by a thin piece of string had detached, and the door had swung open during the night. Nothing in the home was missing, and there were no signs of entry. On January 12th, a deputy took a report concerning a series of events by an individual on Blakely Island that is concerning the Blakely Island community. Steps are being made to determine if any crimes have been committed. Well, that sounds about as vague as vague can be. Is there a new Blakely Island conspiracy in the works? On January 13th, an Orcas woman called to report her trash can had been stolen for a second time. On January 14th, deputies on San Juan responded to numerous noise complaints from a quinceañera being thrown at the fairgrounds. The property was rented and under contract for the specified event. The contract did not specify abiding by county noise ordinance rules or state a specific ending time. On January 16th, on Orcas, a deputy took a call about a theft at a local business. The suspect was caught on camera, and the case is ongoing until the suspect is identified. And that concludes the January 24th edition of the Island Digest. This edition of the Island Digest is brought to you by Orcas Center. Orcas Center is your place for fun and intrigue this winter, with live concerts, performances, art openings, and more. To check out upcoming events and purchase tickets, visit orcuscenter.org. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and come back next week for more local news from San Juan County, Washington. I'm Caleb Summers. <laughs>